Amen. So uh, we studied all of verse 1 uh, last week, and uh, I, uh, I, I'm not sorry. No, <laughs> no I, think it was, uh, I think it was good. Um, it was good to spend that time. It's important for us to understand uh, these things. Uh, we, uh, my, my goal is to get us through the whole uh, chapter and maybe into a little bit of chapter two, uh, depending on uh, me staying on point and um, not going down rabbit trails unless the Lord leads me. So uh, we'll pick up Genesis chapter one, verse two. Uh, last week we dis- uh, discovered, or disco, we, uh, we studied, uh, you know, verse one just says, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And uh, that is a uh, very combated uh, uh, passage in the scripture, and there's a, uh, there's a lot of debate. We just studied the scripture doesn't explain itself. It just goes in and says it. And as Christians, we can just, like Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we believe that. And, uh, and that's it. It's not a blind thing uh, for us. You know, if we uh, didn't have any faith, we wouldn't be able to believe it. But uh, we, we do believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and, and uh, we'll continue on and, and look into a little bit more of uh, you know, what happened and, and how things worked out. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, uh, God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So uh, as we're uh, looking at verse uh, verse 2 and uh, verses 2 through 5, it says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Uh, there, there are, that, that's a long Bible study that can happen here. As I read through this and studied this, uh, you know, and for you know the past week or so, the Lord has laid simplicity on my mind. Um, read it, cover some things on it, and move forward. There is so much in here. There's so much to really dive into that God never, never gave me a solid footing uh, of just diving into this and diving into that. The Lord said, no, go just, just flow through it. And I, and I think by the end of the, of our, our study tonight, uh, we'll understand why and uh, how we're going through here. So, but just uh, verse two says in the earth was, the earth was, was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters this is quite a thing here. The spirit of God hovering uh, over the waters. Now that's uh, over the face of the waters. What we can see here in verse two is the third person of the Trinity being introduced, the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. And I just as I was uh, just meditating on that and uh, just spending some time reading it, thinking about it. Uh, everything I just realized, you know, even with all the splendor of creation, I was talking to Greg about uh, the the awesome hikes uh, that he and Jen uh, experience while they're out here, and some of the, the fantastic views of creation that they experience uh, here. And and uh, they're they're going out and seeing all these things. And I, you know, I can think of things like I'd love to see the Northern Lights. I'd love to go to Alaska, see the Northern Lights. Just some of these things in creation that would be so great for our, our own eyes to behold and to look at. 
And I, it, I came to this, uh, you know, I was just thinking of this, is, is even with all of that splendor that this world has to offer us, you look at the, the most beautiful pictures of the Grand Canyon with the sun coming down and all these things. My niece uh, and her husband flew out there and got married uh, two, three years ago. Um, and she's a professional photographer, like legit gets flown to uh, L.A. for a, a day photo shoot and then comes back. I mean, she she's legit. Um uh, and uh, she had uh, one of her friends who she trusts do the pictures, and then then she took I may have taken some, but fantastic photo, just beautiful. And I thought, you know, of all the things that I've been in awe in uh, of, and just looking at, at creation, just just the thought of actually being able to witness the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. You know, I don't think we could ever see a picture that would that would beat that. Uh, that, sorry, that, that, yeah, that would beat that in its, of itself. So uh, just incredibly beautiful, more beautiful than uh, anything that, you know, the d- most dramatic piece of uh, photography or cinematography. You know, we've we've seen some amazing uh, things that if you've ever gone to like an IMAX theater and you see, OK, I think my, my wife and I, uh, we took the kids to Boston and watched the Galapagos or something like that and sh- or sharks and we're watching and it's amazing. And I'm just like, those things pale in comparison to what that might, must have looked like. The Spirit of God hover, hovering over the water. So um, as we look at that, we understand that everything was dark, uh, it, that it was void, uh, which means it was empty and formless until God spoke. And when God spoke and said, let there be light, uh, there was light. So it was, it, it was, he just said it and it was, I, I have a, uh, a great quote from Spurgeon that I, that I found. It says, I must have you notice that this light came instantaneously. The Hebrew suggests this far better than our translation. It is sublimely brief. It says light be light was, I, I love that. That explanation is there because we're like, well, what happened? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You know, God just said, let there be light. And there was light because it wasn't the sun because that is on the moon coming day four. So uh, it's just there was light, you know, and uh, it, I, I have my theories and, and, and we'll get into them that I, I believe that when he said, let there be light, it was the Lord lighting it. But um, so uh, the light uh, was brought forward out of darkness uh, by the word of God. So it was dark. And by the word of God, light came forth. Um there's a lot of spiritual application uh, there by itself also. This shows us that uh, uh, you know, light is uh, more than just a physical substance. It's also a, a supernatural aspect to light as we're looking at it. And uh, uh, in the new heavens and the new earth, there won't be any sun or moon. God himself will be our light. So uh, we don't know what that light was and what happened. But uh, there was God said, let there be light. And there was light. And that's, that's day one. You know, God said, let there be light. And there was light. So, uh, as we as I said, this light was separate from uh, the sun and the moon, and uh, those uh, those are created. We'll get into day four here as we move forward. But what we see here also at the end of verse five, it says, uh, "So the evening and the morning were the first day." So we establish a twenty-four hour light cycle, uh, and uh, we see what's being happened. What we can understand is creation uh, being completed in six literal days. So. Um, Matt and I had a great conversation last week about about uh, six days and uh, six uh, the the literal six days. So as we're as we're thinking of darkness and God speaking, 
and now there's light. Uh, that spiritual application uh, for us to be able to look at the, the darkness that can reside in our hearts and our lives. And then we experience the Lord and, and we have his light that leads us. You know, uh, when, when Psalms tell us, uh, you know, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's the word that lights the way. You know, God, God spoke and uh, there was light. The word speaks to our hearts and there's light. You know, that's that's the amazing thing for us. Second uh, Corinthians four, six says for it is the God, uh, for it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Revelation uh, 21 verse 22 and 23 says, uh, but I saw no temple in it. Speaking of, of uh, the new earth, but I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of sun, of, of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of the Lord illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. So it just it, I, I love I love looking into cross references of of words in the scripture uh, that still apply and and uh, um, don't get us out of context. So uh, when we're looking here, we're discussing uh, the foundation of the world and God saying, "Let there be light," and there was light, and uh, that the word uh, was spoken and light happened. And when we read the word. God's light shines upon our dark hearts, and uh, and amazing things happen in us. Genesis uh, chapter one verse six. Then God said, "Let there be a firmament in the midst of the water, and let it divide the waters from the waters." Thus, God made the firmament, and it and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. So the second day, uh, what we're seeing here is an expanse that's being in the, the atmosphere, the, uh, the, the layer of air between. Uh, what's, what's neat here is it's talking um, about uh, a, uh, a layer of water that, uh, that covered the earth and, and the clouds above. And um, uh, may, it, it's, it's neat what that does because it also has a cooling effect you know, from on top. But, so we don't know all of the particulars, but uh, what's being described here is like a water vapor uh, in the sky. So there's water in the sky and there's water uh, under, under the, uh, the firmament. So there's a separation there. So there's uh, the atmosphere, what was introduced at that point, and then there's this uh, like a water, a water vapor uh, in the sky. Verse 9, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called uh, the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, grass the herb that yields seed, seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind and God saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the third day so we've seen this now three times the evening and the morning the evening and the morning the evening and the morning it's a 24 hour light cycle and uh, we have nothing that would suggest anything otherwise there's nothing in the scripture that says that can we really trust that a day is a day there's this weird thing of, of, of gap theory that I'm not even going to get into um, because 
there's nothing that I've ever seen in the scripture to support that. It's it's six literal days. And if if we can't believe that God created the heavens and the earth in six days, uh, then we're not gonna we shouldn't believe anything that's in the scripture. Because then we don't believe the basics, the foundations. Remember, we talked about that. The foundations for what's what's in the scripture are in the first eleven chapters of, of Genesis. So if we can't if we can't grasp those, or we may uh, if it's hard to to believe or hard to understand, that's okay. But if we're going to reject that and say no, it's not this, it's this. And there's now okay, there was a recreation, and I don't see, I've never seen anything of, of a recreation in scripture. Never seen a reference that said, oh wait, the earth was created and then recreated. There, there's a lot of there are a lot of things, and, and I found this in my in my studies that there are arguments for all these things, and I'm like, okay, there we go. We can't take the first verse of the Bible like we talked about last week, the simplicity of it, and embrace it and move forward. It's it's supported all through the scripture, but we want to complicate things because we're trying to uh, science fi it, <laughs> so, you know, make it all scientific uh, in in a way that that uh, will um, satisfy each person, and that's not going to happen. The scriptures say, you know, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. There's our answer. We move forward. So a 24-hour light cycle. So the evening and the morning were the first day. We've read that now three times. So on the third day, we're, uh, we're looking at land and vegetation. And, uh, and uh, what I love to see in here is that uh, for each, each one, it says God said it and it was so. And uh, I, I know I explained this last week, but, uh, you know, my my firm uh, faith solidified stance uh, on creation uh, on this account is is I, that, that's where I'm at with it. I'm 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 firm on this. I don't I don't need any further explanation. And then that's not just me being irresponsible with it. The scripture themselves, all of them, when you can go all the way through, you're reading in the Psalms, you're reading in Hebrew, it's spread all through about God creating the world. And this is just how he did it. We may not understand it all, but we just read it and 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 move on and and trust the Lord's going to lead us and guide. Dive into this. There are some people that are a lot smarter than I am that have put together uh, the uh, doctor. Uh, uh, I think his name was Jeff. Um, I can't. Remember. I even went to lunch after afterward, and I hope he's not. Yeah. Anyways, he came here and he did the the presentation. Uh, for us and uh, did the scientific presentation for us and everything. Uh, these are people with doctorate's degrees that study these things and they, they can they can dive right into. Uh, Matt sent me this really cool thing of, of this this shot of this this lady laying in a field and they kind of focus on her face and then it backs out and it goes all the way up into uh, up into uh, you know space. And you see, uh, you know, everything around, and then it goes, zooms way in. And as it's zooming in, it goes into her eye, and you know, our optic nerves, and into her brain. And you know, it's, it sounds gross, but it's really cool. You know, it's it's a really neat thing to know to look at the vastness of everything. Uh, but God cares about us all the way down to the last molecule of our of our being. That it, so it's it's really neat. So uh, when we look at this day three land and vegetation, God said it, and it was so. So uh, it seems as though you know, up to this point uh, that the world was completely covered in water. Um, God then commands the seas to gather together, and then uh, the land uh, is divided from the sea, and the dry land appears. So that's what we see is happening in the fourth day. Uh, still no rain yet. There's What we learn later in, uh, in chapter 2 is that there was a mist 
that would uh, that would water uh, the land, and so that would be a dense mist. But uh, more of what we see here is like a tropical climate everywhere, uh, which would help uh, vegetation to grow rapidly and very large. So in the fourth day, uh, what we uh, see in creation is land and vegetation. Verse fourteen. Then God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the uh, day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth." And it was so. Then God said, uh, "God made two great lights: the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night." <clears throat> he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and to rule over the night and divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So as we read here, uh, the sun, moon, and stars are, are created. Uh, what's neat is, is these three uh, have three primary functions uh, to give light on the earth to govern the light, uh, govern uh, the day and the night, and to separate the uh, light from the darkness, and we can see some of God's character even uh, within those three things. So it's 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 neat to look at those three things. Uh, again, the 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 three things are um, to give light on the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. So it says here that there would be signs. Uh, to, to be able to tell the seasons and the days. And um, so we, you know, we can base uh, just using um, creation, looking up, uh, you know, those, those seasons, you know, spring, summer, fall, uh, fall, winter. Uh, what's important here is to separate uh, these things that we can look and see the seasons. And um, I work at a college and I'm talking to some of these kids. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a maritime college. And uh, so they, they study being on the water. And one of their mandatory classes is celestial navigation. When everything's out, you've got no power, you have nothing. You need to be able to look up at the stars and tell where you're at. That's amazing. You know, just to be able to look up at these stars, that there's so much order that they're all right where they need to be that we can use them for pinpoint accuracy of, okay, what day is it? What time is it? You know, all, all these things, they're all set in there just the way God made them, and we can use them just like that. Not for astrology. Astrology is satanic, where, where we would, uh, you know, humans uh, can place their trust in somebody looking at this and, and basically reading, uh, reading a, uh, a fortune to you for the day. That's that's it's satanic. It's called out as satanic in Isaiah, um, at chapter forty-seven, verses twelve through fifteen. And uh, the, as you're reading this chapter, it's it's uh, it's God uh, telling of the humiliation of Babylon. It says, "Stand now with your enchantments uh, and the multitude of your sorceries in which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to uh, to profit. Perhaps you will prevail." You have wearied in the uh, in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the uh, monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. Behold, they are they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not uh, deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not be a coal. Uh, Sorry, it shall not be a coal uh, to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Thus uh, shall they be 
to you uh, with whom you have labored, your merchants from your youth. They shall wander each one to his quarter. Uh, to his quarter. Uh, no one shall save you. So Isaiah here is saying, let now the astrologers and stargazers and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. He's saying it's not going to happen. But those, those that you trust in for the guidance in your life that you, that you will place your trust in to lead you and guide you, let them try it. They're not going to be able to. And that fire that's described afterward isn't anything that I want. Like it says, it's not like a stubble um, or anything like that or coal that you're going to be warmed by. You're not going to be a want, want to be around it. So as, we, as we're discussing these things, just understanding that we, we can look at and we can, we can know seasons. We can understand a days and, 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 and the time of day, all these things based on what's set up in there. But we're not supposed to look and then make up uh, some sort of future for ourselves. That's not what the scripture is saying. So uh, when we look up at the beauty of the moon and the stars at night, um, it's I, I, I just those times when you can get out where there's no light, Maybe get out into a field, um, or being out on the water or in the winter. What I like is when it's when it's dark in the winter and you can look up and, and those the stars and the moon they're they're so bright. It's amazing to me that it's just it's awesome, you know. And it just takes my breath away. And it, you know, puts a song of, of of praise in my heart. That song "Wonderful Maker" by Jeremy Camp usually comes out of my mouth as I'm singing that. You know, what a wonderful maker, and uh, it's just it's a great song. Or we can experience the warmth and nourishment of the sun uh, that, that that provides every day, and it causes growth. So, so we have uh, the darkness for uh, for the uh, the rest at night that we need, and then we have the day uh, where we can get the nourishment and we get the um, uh, the, uh, the the warmth and everything that we need for the day. Psalm uh, one forty seven verses four and five says, "He counts the number of the stars; he calls them all by name." Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. So just little things, little uh, snippets that I get as I'm, I'm doing my studies. So um, I'm going to end up reading uh, Psalm 148 at the end of this because it speaks to what we're uh, looking at uh, at, the, at the very end. We'll get to that. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, verses uh, 20 through 23. Then God said, let the waters abound. With an abundance of living creatures, and let <clears throat> let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created uh, great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which uh, the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the seas, and let birds uh, multiply." On the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So the fifth day, sea animals and birds. So uh, it, it gives he gives a command uh, for them to be fruitful and multiply. And then we just see, you know, uh, sea creatures and and birds. So there, he's given them that command, and they were able to to go and do so. And it's amazing to think of uh, just how vast. Um, if you've ever watched Discovery Channel and you start looking at the the ocean, I've explained to you guys I'm not a big ocean guy. I don't want to go swim in the ocean. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that we we don't know what it is, and you don't know what's going to come up, and you know, some octopus is going to grab me. I don't know. I'm just I'm just playing, but I really don't care for it. Um, 
Uh, we've deal, dealt with Riptide before, uh, where I've had to go actually grab my my wife and my daughter, um, who were both getting taken away, and and I did I didn't even know what a Riptide was. I, I had no idea until we got off the you know got out of the water, and they're like, oh yeah, it's a Riptide, and it's just a small section of a extreme current that if you try to swim against it, you're going to drown, and it's going to pull it'll pull you way out. The goal is to swim sideways. And uh, uh, I was able to, thankfully, grab my wife and bring my daughter in. And I just see this other kid kind of floating. I'm like, are you all right? He's like, I can't put my feet down. He wasn't really panicking. So then we get out of the water. But when I turned around, that, that, that current was so heavy. And I'm just like, man, I'm leaning into it. And, you know, we, we get out of the water. And then I hear that four people drowned that weekend on the same beach. Uh, so uh, it was Myrtle Beach. And uh, uh, it, it just it's scary stuff. So that type of stuff and whatever lurks in the in the water, no, I'm good. I'm good. Give me give me a lake. Give me a pool. I'm usually good. You know, a lake, okay, you got a turtle or, you know, a leech or something. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I'm going to hopefully be okay. But, uh, yeah, I just – I don't care for the ocean. But I do – I am amazed at what's there. The, the the amount of sharks I don't know if you guys have ever watched Shark Week you know and you can you can watch these sharks and the, the, um, how amazing creation is and that that the waters are filled with what God put in there and they multiplied and they're they're everywhere you know they it, it's neat to think of you know jellyfish and sea turtles and then you start thinking of birds of the air and we've seen at our house some uh, some blue jays and cardinals and it's it's been awesome I love to watch their color the hummingbirds right. Everybody loves a hummingbird. I don't know anybody who just is dead set. They, they hate hummingbirds, right? But they're this little thing, and I, they're, they're, their wings flap so fast that you can't even see, you know, and they're, they're going, and they live, basically live off of sugar water, you know, and my mom loves to feed them and, and to look at them. Those things, you know, God spoke them into creation just like everything else. He spoke them into creation, and they were there, and he said, go be fruitful and multiply. And all the things according to its kind. So that's an important thing to, to, that we'll spend a couple minutes on here is according to its kind. Uh, when we get into uh, the, our next verses, 24 through 31, the according to its kind is important uh, to understand. Verse, uh, tw verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing uh, and beast of the earth according to its kind. And it was so. And, the, and God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over and the, over the cattle, and over the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be for food also to every beast of the, of the earth, to every bird of the air and to every creeping thing on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so 
Then God saw that everything he, uh, that he made, sorry, then God saw everything that he made. And indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So what we see on the sixth day, a land, animals, and man. And we're moving on. Just kidding. There's a lot to discuss here, right? So, um, so what's awesome to see here is we talked about according to its kind, and now again it's created according to its kind. So, the discussion between evolution and creation uh, is ongoing, never ending. Um, believers in God believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Um, those that reject God believe that we came from an explosion and uh, that over millions, billions, trillions of years, things started coming together. And then uh, somehow we got a bunch of different things and that there's all that order. We talked about that and I won't spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh, it's important to, uh, to, to understand some of these things. And um, when God said, you know, as, as you go through here, you know, everything according to its kind. Um, a couple notes to share uh, from a study. Some of these are, are uh, were brought over. Um, but Darwin's strongest opponents were not clergymen, but fossil experts. Darwin admitted the state of the fossil evidence was the most obvious and gravest objection which can be urged against my theory. I underline the word theory. That that when somebody can can come to him and say, "Hey, your theory." I can't work because of these fossils and how these fossils works. Uh, these fossils work, and uh, because of the fossil evidence, all and this is uh, Darwin saying all the uh, all the most eminent paleontologists and all the greatest geologists have unanimously, often vehemently maintained that the species uh, do not change. They don't change. You guys have heard Will's explanation. There's no lizard that turned into a bird, right? There's, there's, there's no change. The DNA doesn't change. You either have this DNA, a uh, skunk is a skunk, and it's going to stay a skunk. They don't turn into anything else, you know, and, and we don't change into anything else. You know, it's just, it is what it is. So there's no DNA change. There's, there's no fossil record of anything ever changing from one thing to another. So Darwin himself said, that, you know, the biggest opposition wasn't somebody uh, with a religious argument for him. It was a scientific argument for him. And uh, we'll just take that and say, well, there you go. So uh, evolutionist, this is from an evolutionist. His name was Niall Eldridge. He wrote this. We paleontologists have said the uh, that the history of life in the fossil record supports the story of gradual evolution, all the while knowing that it does not. This is an evolutionist saying this. I'm going to read it again. He said, we paleontologists have said that the history of life in the fossil record supports the story of gradual evolution, all the while knowing that it does not. That means they're presenting something that's not true as though it is true. You know what? I'm sticking to that's why I'm saying I'm sticking to the word. I don't need some paleontologist or whatever to describe that all to me. The word says it. I'm just going to believe it and move forward with it because God has opened the eyes of our, our, our hearts. And uh, as Heber said, by faith, we can believe this and move forward. It's not a big uh, struggle, uh, struggle for me. So. So as we look at uh, at these things and and uh, we uh, understand that uh, that God created them all according to its kind. Uh, that that in and of itself stands in opposition of evolution, which states that all species of animals 
um, uh, evolved from one single co uh, common primeval organism. There wasn't all kinds of different things they, that, that, uh, that all came from one. That's, that's not the case at all. So that, that evolution theory that, that everything came from one thing is not true. We, God spoke everything uh, into existence according to its kind, and they just kept going, just like we've seen them go. Uh, you know, when you can look back, uh, you know, even thousands and thousands of years that, that, that things have been recorded and see, you know, a cattle is still cattle. You know, when you look here, you know, the cow hasn't changed any, hasn't grown wings or anything you know, crazy like that, right? It's all still the same. Over thousands of years, there wouldn't be any change. That's why they have to, they have to just, it's foolishness. I'm not going to waste any, any more time on it. Um, but when God said, uh, when he created them, according to their kind, and it was so. Uh, I like that. He, when he said that he created it, when it says that he created them, and it was so. They didn't evolve into anything. When God said that, you know, he, when he made the cattle, he made cattle, and it was so. So, verse twenty-six: Let us make man. Let us make man in our own image. We discussed this at length uh, in our discussion in John one, and uh, just uh, discussing the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and uh, let us make man in our image. Uh, this is not uh, any any uh, like God sitting there looking at angels. And saying, hey, guys, why don't we work on this together and together we can come up with something and we can make something. No, this is this is the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit all working together saying, let us make God in our uh, make man uh, in our own image. This is this is God, you know, that that uh, and we talked about Elohim the plural word for, for God uh, in the scripture. So I, I, I have a, a rather long quote to read to you, but it's, it's important. Um, it's from Matthew Henry, if you're familiar with studying the Bible. Um, uh, he, made, he made a good point. And uh, he says, man was to be, there, there's more on here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to read it all. Man was made uh, the same day that the beasts were. His body was made the same uh, from the same earth, uh, with there, sorry, there's a little bit of. He he wrote in old English, so um, that and I'll, I'll I'll so man was made the same day the beast that the beasts were. His body was made of the same earth with theirs, and while uh, he is in the body, he inhabits the same earth with them. God forbid that by indulging the body and the desires of it, we should make ourselves like beasts that perish. Big exclamation point there, and I underline this: man was uh, man was to be created different from all uh, from all that had been hitherto made. Uh, flesh and spirit, heaven and earth, must put must be put together in Him. God said, "Let us make man." Man, when he was made, was to glorify the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So we were made differently. As Matthew Henry is saying here, we're not like the beasts. We're not like all these other things that were created. We were made different. We were made in the image, <clears throat> excuse me, in the image of God. Genesis 1 tells us that God is a spirit, that he, he thinks, he speaks, wills, and acts. You know, here then uh, are the great points of conformity uh, to God in man, namely reason, speech, will, and power. That's from uh, Albert Barnes, an 1800 scholar. Uh, 
where he goes on to say that, you know, where, where God is a spirit that he thinks, speaks, wills, and acts, and we can do the same. God made us in his image. We have that ability to do that. We, there, isn't, there isn't a dog that's walking around speaking, um, uh, you know, that, that wills and acts, and um, uh, that, that we can reason, that we can speak. We, we have, uh, we've been given power, we've been given authority. Uh, so when, when we uh, were made in God's image, that means that we bear the image of God. Now, if we bear the image of God, we need to respect the lives of others as they also bear his image. That's an important thing for us to understand. And, and when, when you look at uh, you know, some of these things where, you know, people will just, it, it, they're, they're, if you, you know, look in certain parts of the country, if you're born uh, into, you know, this caste society uh, and uh, you're a Dalit, uh, you know, over in, in Asia, that you're, you're worthless. You're worth less than a dog. You know, that person was made in the image of God, you know, and for anybody to look at them and say, uh, no, they, every human life has this intrinsic or essential value. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, say, well, this one's more worth more than no. Each person's made in the image of God. So it, when we see, uh, and we're studying this, just understanding that we we were made with with intelligence and, and the ability to communicate, and then we were given uh, dominion over all of creation. God said, "Let the rule over everything." So in verse 27, it says, in the image of God, he created them, male and female. And we'll get into more of that, the specifics in, in uh, Genesis chapter 2. Let them have dominion. Uh, dominion. And uh, uh, God gave us uh, the ability and, and the authority to rule over everything that was, <clears throat> was made. It says that God saw it all, uh, everything that he made, and it was, that it was very good. And when he looked at everything, said that it was very good. And verse 28 says, God blessed them. And he gave the, the, uh, the command, be fruitful and multiply. So what's a, a, a neat thing is that a male and a female can come together and create life. And it's a, a miraculous and wonderful uh, blessing. Um, it should never be uh, looked at and scoffed at as a curse. I've, I've literally been told uh, to my face uh, by a homosexual man that I worked for as a teenager uh, when we were, my buddy and I were just kind of standing there, just, we were kind of standing around talking and, and, uh, they, I, I, I don't, I don't know if they had some other assumption or whatever, but they heard that we're, we're like straight, you know, heterosexual guys. Um, they, they called us breeders. They call us breeders. I was, I was literally like scoffed at calling me a breeder. Well, I'm like, well, I haven't really, I don't have kids here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't, you know, okay. You know, but, but it was, it was a, it was an insult, you know, that, that, that you know, of, of some, of some of the most basic biological things that we have here, male and female can create, uh, create life. And, um, you know, and in this culture, having some, sometimes having uh, children can be frowned upon. People can look and go, why do they have three kids? Really? You know, can they do this? Can they do that? You know, I know some people with like a lot of kids. You know, and they've, they're driving buses and uh, they're, they're big vans. Love it. As long as anybody can give a child the love and attention and, and train them up in the ways of the Lord. I don't, I don't care if you have 50 kids. I don't care if you have zero kids, if a couple of, whatever. But I'm not going to look at them and go, oh, that's irresponsible to have all those kids. You know, it's, 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 our, it's weird. Our culture frowns upon, uh, you know, a big family. I mean, uh, when you look at my family, I, 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 uh, I'm one of five kids, and people are like, whoa, 
you know, that's that's a lot. And my parents were both one of seven. So there's 14, you know, and it's just, you know, Catholic families. They just had babies all the time. And, you know, kids and uh, they just more kids kept coming. So it's uh, it just is what it is. So uh, also, on the other hand, it's important to understand that some people are barren and can't have children. Pray for them. You know, some people are uh, uh, just uh, pray for conception and, and God's guidance regarding maybe uh, if they if they have that calling uh, to adopt, to foster or remain childless, whatever the Lord's laying on their heart. There's no, you know, if I, I know several people that have they've made the commitment. We're not we're not going to have children. We're just we're just not going to. And, you know, we just don't feel led to have children. OK, great. I'm going to be like, oh, well, you know, you're you're a sinner and anything. They, that's the Lord. Let the Lord minister. You know, um, it, when you look at, 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 at how some people were treated in the scripture when they were barren, this is awful. You know, just to think of the weight, you know, uh, just that, 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 that incredible weight uh, and, and the torture. You can look at so many times that they were just tortured by the women around them tortured so oh no, you can't i can give i can give birth you know and just and it just ate away at them remember samuel samuel's mom you know and the lord she just goes um and she just she's just crying out hannah uh she's just you know crying out to the lord in prayer and has such a such a fervent prayer that the priest doesn't can't even recognize you know true worship and, and he's accusing her of being drunk she's like i'm not drunk you know and, and she did it respectfully but you know she's just brokenhearted and, and but but everybody her adversary the other you know wife in the family uh, just just uh, just making things awful for her you know those types of things you know when you look at the scripture so some people you know it's it's uh, you know that's something between you know a, a husband and a wife it's uh you know sometimes we can we can come on scripture come upon scriptures that that are hard. Um, I realized that as I was studying that 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 make it difficult for us. You know, um, when you you know, I I know some friends of ours that uh, they had had uh, one child and uh, couldn't have any more, and uh, tried and tried and tried, and um, then uh, they uh, believed the Lord was calling them to adopt, so they adopted, and then boom, there's been like three more children since then that they've that they have you know produced. You know that, that I, I believe it was just the Lord calling them to be obedient. When he did, when when they did, they they had more children. You know, it's it's, um, but you know those they're, they're hard, they're hard. You know, please don't, especially if you're a Christian, don't look at it as though you have a curse on your life. Maybe somebody cursed me, right? That's that's some foolishness that Christians believe. So I am going to speak against it. You know, if there's there's no grounds for a curse, it's not going to stand. Proverbs twenty six two uh, tells us that. Uh, that's not that's a, a, a paraphrase of it. But uh, but just look in there. You know, an unfounded curse isn't going to stand. Yeah, not against a, a Christian. You know, there isn't anything there. So uh, there, I'm just explaining it because there are, are those in Christianity that believe that people can walk up and and um, you know place a hex curse on you and 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 now they've got. No, if you believe if you belong to to God, you belong to Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry about that. God's gonna God's gonna. How many times you know can we look in the scripture when someone tried? Uh, you know Balaam. Uh, uh, the, now the names are gonna escape me. They just they're like no, I I can't I can't curse them. I can't curse them. It's foolishness. No. 
So we are created in the image of God. Um, we're related to God in a special way. So all these things where he says, you know, be fruitful and multiply. So everything that we see, all the land animals and, and people, we, you know, God gave us the ability uh, to multiply. I've got to open this. Related to God in a special way that's not shared with the animal life. We bear the image of God, and that's a, that's a heavy thing to meditate on. Just just meditate on it by yourself. I don't want to over-explain it and just keep hitting that. But um, we have a special relationship with the Lord. Uh, so verse 31 says, And he saw what he had made, and it was very good. I wanted to read Psalm uh, 148, and I think we have it up here. Psalm uh, 148. Um is, is is great because it really covers everything that we just read. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. So that's cool. We can look in the day four right there. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Sounding familiar? Uh, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord uh, from the earth. You great sea creatures and all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, uh, fulfilling his word, mountains and hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the, of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. And he has exalted the horn of his people. The praise of all his saints of the, of the children of Israel, a people near to him, praise the Lord. Isn't that just packed with what we just read of all creation? I couldn't like, you know, when I, when I read through that and everything, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put that in there. And, and it's, it's, it's a praise the Lord. And what it says is uh, they were created, you know, praise him. Verse four, uh, you heavens of heavens and, uh, you waters below. Oh, sorry, it's praise. Uh, uh, it was verse five. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. As Christians, we believe this by faith, as Hebrews eleven three tells us. So uh, Exodus. So I've got a few more verses for you, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap up. Exodus chapter twenty, verse. Uh, well, you know what? We're going to go into. Uh, we've got a little bit of time. We're going to go into uh, chapter two really fast. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11 says this. And yeah, we've got 15 minutes. Uh, for, in, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sun and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. I did, I did have that for them, right? For in six days. It's, it's right there. It's all through the scripture. Six days. Not six days. Confusing days. What is a day? Is it 12 hours? Is it 24? Is it thousands of years? Is it millions of years? It's evening in the morning or the first day, evening in the morning or second day. Let's not overcomplicate this because that's when things get confusing. It says it right in there. Why would we question the word? Like I said, Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand. You see what it says? By faith we understand that the universe was created 
by the word of God, so that it was seen, uh, so, so that what is seen was not made of things that are visible. God spoke, and it always it was it spoke everything into creation. So when we as Christians can look at all these things uh, and understand that God made it, we can believe it, and we don't have to. Uh, we can just look all through the Scripture, and it just it just declares it. It doesn't go into molecules, and there are, there are some really cool things that you can dive into and everything. But God God doesn't have to give an explanation to us of how He did it. He spoke the world into existence, and it and it was so, it says. That's what we just read all the way through chapter 1. Let's turn to chapter 2, um, just for a few verses. Verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work, which which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created uh, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and uh, before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the water and watered the whole face of the earth. So, uh, sorry, the face of the ground. We're going to end there in verse six. Uh, that's just uh, verse. Sometimes, you know, when you look at the scripture, I think they they probably should have, you know, whoever whoever separated the scriptures. I I I wish that that was included in chapter one because it's just a summary there. It's a summary of everything that was just said in in, uh, in chapter 1. But it says, uh, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And it says, on the seventh day God ended his work, uh, which he had done, and he rested the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Important to understand, God did not rest because he was tired. God is, uh, God is omnipotent. He's, he's all-powerful. He doesn't get tired. So it, it was, he rested because his creation was finished. He rested because his work was done, it says right in here. Uh, at the end of verse 3, it says, He rested from all his work, work which God had created and made. It was done. The work was done. So he blessed that day when everything was done. He blessed us with a day to rest. Does that make sense? Then we see in the scriptures that that, that one day of rest became quite, uh, it, it, it was set. God said, you're not to do any work. That the, the children of Israel were to do no work for that day. Um, and then it, what it became was, it became something of, of greater importance than it was supposed to be. And Jesus had to correct them and, and tell them, I think it was in Mark 2, Jesus said, uh, uh, the Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's important. It's an important thing to understand because if we find ourselves Seventh-day Adventists, they don't believe in coming to church on, on Sunday. They go to church on Saturday, and that's the Sabbath. So they believe that you, um, the Seventh-day Adventists need to spend some time in Galatians, where the Galatians, you know, Paul is correcting Galatians, uh, the, the Galatians, because they want to go back to the law and not fully just embrace embrace grace. So there's that confusion there of like you got to do this and you got to do that you have to do this and and those things it's 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 not that complicated Paul Paul even calls them oh foolish Galatians 
you know and uh, so paul paul corrects them remember god uh, god uh, made the sabbath for man not man for the sabbath the sabbath isn't more important i mean how many times did jesus do it on purpose when he was healing people on the Sabbath, he goes, "What is, is it against? Against uh, you know? Do you think it's against the scriptures for someone to be healed on the on the Sabbath?" And 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 Jesus had to let them know, "You have put a greater importance on this than you have the, what with the meaning behind it." And the meaning behind it was God had finished His work; He completed uh, all of creation, and He was done. But it wasn't something to reign over us; it was something that was designed to bless us. So when we look through here, we see that the scripture says that everything was created in six days. And then people, uh, just be, I encourage you to be established in that in your faith. Because otherwise, then it gets, people start twisting words and, wait a minute, you're, you're changing the simplicity of the word of God. And you're making it difficult. And you're, you're, you're drawing out none of what is, is said there. Can you, You've got to really stretch here. You've got to really stretch there to say, okay, what this really means was this. No, I'm looking at it, and it says in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then it says that, so, uh, that in six days, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. I just believe that. I'm not going to believe some opinion of man over the word of God. So it's important for us. If you get ridiculed for it, great. Whatever. My faith isn't changing. God said it. It's in the scripture. I believe it. So, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, just looking at creation and everything that you made, and uh, it, it's truly remarkable, and uh, we, uh, we are in awe of, of what we read here, that in six days you spoke everything into existence. That, Lord, that your voice, your word brings light, and it brings life. And we see what your word did. It created everything. Every, all that we can see, feel, and experience here, your word created it. And we touch the sand or water, whatever it is, it's all created by you, by your word. Lord, let your word reign in our hearts. Lord, when we read through here, uh, we can just kind of read over these things and not understand that all of these things were brought forth by the spoken word of our God. You're awesome. Lord, help us not to neglect that word. That's how we're built. That's how we're strengthened. It's, It's our nourishment. Bless us as we as we leave here, Lord, that we can we can meditate on what is what is uh, here in your scriptures and all throughout it. Help us to be in your word and be blessed every time we are. That we would make it of utmost importance for us to be in your word daily. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great.